Good morning. It's January 31st, wrapping up the first month of a year that's all but guaranteed to keep getting worse. It's another sunless morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The news. What is the news? The news is what they put in the newspaper. That's why they call it a newspaper. The lead news story in today's New York Times is Crisis on Border Dashes Biden Immigration Hopes. What is the crisis on border, a.k.a. the border crisis? Is it a physically observable object? The rest of the top of the front page is occupied by a color photograph with the caption, French farmers keep up protests. What the French farmers are protesting is not always clear, but there is indisputably a photograph of a highway completely filled with parked tractors. Even if you can't say exactly what the protests are about, you can take a picture of the tractor. There are, unquestionably, protests being done by farmers in France. Is there a photograph of the border crisis? There are three pictures on the inside of the paper. One is a picture of a large, although not that large, number of Haitian migrants camped under a highway in Del Rio, Texas, three years ago. One is a photograph of President Joe Biden walking up the steps of what's presumably Air Force One with his head bowed a little bit, captioned, Many voters say they lack confidence that President Biden can effectively address the migrant crisis. Not a photograph of the migrant crisis, but a photograph of someone about whom many people say, presumably when asked, that they have opinions about the hypothetical quality of his response to the migrant crisis. And then the third photo is a little hard to decipher. It seems to be a picture taken through a bus window, showing the reflection outside the bus window, and inside the bus, two people with surgical masks pulled down below their chins, And between this reflected exterior and this dimmed interior, the window itself has an American flag on it. The caption is, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who is neither one of the two people in the picture, bust migrants to Democratic-led cities, including New York, last year. So here we're closing in on the nature of the migrant crisis. When you want to take a picture of the migrant crisis, you take a picture of a publicity stunt by a Republican politician. But now that the Democratic Party agrees that strong measures must be taken at the border, now that the Democrats are in fact begging Republicans to let them pass strong measures at the border, now that Democratic-identified politicians like our half-wit mayor, Eric Adams, have complained about the crisis, the crisis is, for the purposes of the New York Times, real. On page A14, there's an update on the story of how House Republicans are continuing their impeachment process against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, Four, the Times writes, his handling of the southwestern border. Three paragraphs later, the Times notes, Republicans were set to approve the charges in the face of solid opposition from Democrats and an emerging consensus among legal scholars that they have produced no evidence that the secretary has committed impeachable offenses. There are no high crimes or misdemeanors on the table, but there is an impeachment underway because of the border crisis. What is the border crisis? The border crisis is a two-column headline in the New York Times, about how there's a border crisis. What is the news? The news is a record of which claims are and are not contested. Established facts are things that no one is contesting anymore. Facts that are unavailable lose their status as facts. Elsewhere on page one, the Times reports, light shed by reporters on Gaza war is fading. The story says, the true scale of death and destruction is impossible to grasp. The details shrouded by internet and cell phone blackouts that obstruct communication restrictions barring international journalists, and the extreme, often life-threatening challenges of reporting as a local journalist from Gaza. 
There are pinholes in the murk, apertures such as the Instagram feeds of Gaza photographers, and a small number of testimonies that slip through. With every passing week, however, the light dims as those documenting the war leave, quit, or die. It's all true, although there's an absence at the top of this story about absences. The journalists in Gaza are not just dying, after all. But as the story works its way around to saying after the jump, they're being killed by Israeli airstrikes. Likewise, the internet and cell phone blackouts and the restrictions on international journalists are not freestanding conditions in the world. There are policy choices being made by Israel as it does the killing in Gaza. One way to contest facts and keep them from being entered into the ledger of the news is to make it impossible, by force, for anyone to record those facts. But you can also just contest the facts. Down at the bottom of page A17 is a story Ohio considers adding nitrogen hypoxia for executions about how the state of Ohio, struggling with the persistent unattractiveness and untidiness of killing people by lethal injection, hopes to follow Alabama's lead in suffocating someone to death with nitrogen instead. Alabama's Attorney General, Steve Marshall, the story says, called it a textbook execution and suggested it could provide an example for other states. Alabama has done it, and now so can you, he said. Next paragraph. But critics continued to question its application, noting that descriptions from several witnesses were at odds with the state's contention before the execution that the use of nitrogen gas would ensure unconsciousness in seconds. Here's how you push back until a fact loses its power as a fact. The objection to the description of Alabama's suffocation as a textbook execution gets attributed to critics, people taking the opposite side of a contested issue, rather than to the witnesses, the several witnesses, who reported what they actually saw. Those details, the first-hand accounts of how the person being suffocated gasped and shook, and for how long, don't make the story, except as second-order claims, in the abstract, about how different people saw the killing different ways. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.